Good morning, class. Good morning. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Welcome. Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. That's God's will. You know, uh, when you're born again, you're not born fully developed spiritually any more than you are when an infant is born uh, physically. Uh, the Bible said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And so uh, uh, we, our spirits need to be fed just like our bodies need to be fed. And if they're fed the right thing and we exercise ourselves spiritually, we'll develop, we'll grow. Our faith will become stronger. Our confidence and our courage will become stronger and stronger. And what happens, it's, it's a glorious thing. Uh, over a period of time, things that used to seem utterly impossible to you and out of reach, that you wouldn't even consider it, over a period of time can seem completely in reach <laughs> and doable. It's not that God changed, it's just your faith in Him has changed. So uh, get your Bible, something to make notes with. Come on into the class. We've saved you a seat right here. And uh, let's release faith to get exactly what we should today. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you to guide us, direct us in your word, in your things. Reveal to us who you are and what you are and, and, and what real faith is and what pleases you and what works, what you can work with. We ask for it in Jesus' name. And we thank you in advance for it because we know it's your will to do it for us. We believe we receive it. Amen. Amen. Look in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, please, in the great textbook. Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Everybody say confidence. confidence. We said that's another word for faith. Don't cast away your confidence, uh, which has great recompense of reward. It, uh, this learning about faith, this making a choice to stand and believe and step out, it's not just the end unto itself. It results in amazing things. There's something on the other side of this, uh, miraculous things, great recompense of reward, not just a little. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. If any man draw back my soul, I have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Believe to great results, great recompense of reward. We've studied all through these verses in Hebrews 11 about these individuals who trusted God and saw amazing things happen in their lifetimes. And in verse 32, we're given the names of six more individuals plus, and we've been looking at them. 
He said, verse 32, what shall I more say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and of the prophets? And then he talks about all the amazing things that happened when they trusted God, had confidence in God, and stepped out by faith. We've studied already uh, Gideon and Barak, and, and we're looking now at Jephthah. Go back to Judges, the 10th chapter. Let's look again. We see in the book of Judges a, uh, a cycle. Uh, after Moses passed off the scene and Joshua did, the God's people, the Israelites, they, they forsook God. And they got sucked into the um, idolatry and the distortions and perversions of the peoples in the land where they were. And the Lord had warned them about this. He specifically told them not to have dealings with these people uh, and certainly not make them part of your family or you part of their family. He said, uh, they'll lead you away from me. He said, they, you'll learn their ways, their wicked ways. And that's exactly what happened. And after years, uh, they would be in such a place where they'd lose their protection. Their enemies would attack them, possess their land, kill scores of thousands of them, wipe out their whole armies, take all of their crops and their livestock. I mean, it's just horrible. And at their lowest point, they'd cry out to God and every time he'd hear them and have mercy on them. And the way he did it, the way he would answer their prayers is he would raise up a deliverer. He would send them a deliverer. Does that sound familiar at all? Yes. <laughs> Mankind, the all of humanity was in a terrible way, lost, and God sent us the deliverer. Amen. He sent us a deliverer, the deliverer, Jesus I'm talking about. And in the 10th chapter here, we see that had happened again. It had already happened multiple times, just reading from Judges 1 to here. And they had just been delivered not long before this, but then as soon as that leader died and passed off the scene, they lost that godly influence. Off the rails they went again. It matters who you're around. It matters the environment and influences you associate with. It matters a lot. Proverbs says, he that walks with wise men will be wise himself, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. First Corinthians talks about that evil communications corrupt good manners. Now that's an old English way of saying it, but uh, communications, we'd say uh, interactions and uh, fellowship and interactions with evil, it corrupts. Did you hear that term? It corrupts. Uh, you can't just do everything that people that are wrong do and it not affect you. You know, it's kind of like this. If something is filthy and got mud and, and, and muck all over it, you can't handle it, <laughs> right? 
You can't use it without getting some of that on you. You just cannot. And even though you've been born again and washed by the blood, you still got a choice. Your flesh didn't get born again, so it'll still want to do some of the same things it did before you were born again. Your mind hasn't been completely renewed. And so you can yield to wrong things. You can get involved with ungodly people and godless things, and it's subtle. It may not be obvious to you in the beginning, but over a period of time, uh, believers that are strong that see you will go, you know, what you've been doing? <laughs> Who you've been hanging out with? Why? Because your language has gotten rougher and your, uh, your attitude has gotten more disrespectful. It's, it's subtle, subtle. But over a period of time, that's, the, the enemy knows that over a period of time, you keep going that way, you will complete. Next thing you know, you only go to church, you know, once a month. Next thing you know, you know, twice a year. You see what I'm talking about? It's subtle. Why? Well, you just, you know, everybody you're hanging with, they don't go to church. Everybody you're hanging with, they use all this foul language. They don't see a problem with it. You know, uh, they do this. They, you know, they, they take this and they don't call it stealing. And they do this and uh, it, it matters who you're around. And it especially matters who our leaders are. You know, heads of households, heads of churches, heads of families, heads of businesses. Why? Because as the leadership goes, the rest, that's, how, that's what it follows. And so it, it matters greatly. And when the Lord directs us to, you know, be a part of ministries and be a part of churches, um, when He directs us, there are so many things connected with that that you don't see in the beginning. But the enemy will immediately try to get you separated from that, get you away from that influence because he knows as long as you're under that strong, godly influence, there's not a whole lot he can do with you. He can't get you far enough away. But see, he's a predator and he wants, you know, the predator wants the, um, you know, the antelope or the sheep or the goat or whatever to straggle. Remember that in the back, away from the flock. Why? Because if he can isolate you, he can get you. He can attack you. So they had gotten involved with the ungodly peoples round about them, learned their ways, started worshiping their gods, got further and further away from God until they just completely left him. And when they did, oh man, it didn't take many years until they were in some kind of terrible shape. All their enemies moved in on them, destroyed them, uh, stole from them, just crushed them. The Bible said it crushed them, cruelly crushed them uh, under their yoke for 18 years. They were cruelly crushed, verse 8 says. And they cried out to God. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, verse 14, it, to me, it's, I mean, it's not funny, but it's kind of humorous. He says, why don't you um, uh, go, ask, go cry to the gods which you have chosen? Let them deliver you in the time of your, your tribulation. And uh, it's interesting because in, in times seem like they're, they're kind of okay. People got no time for God. But then when they get in trouble, yeah, now they need God. But as soon as get a little relief, forget about him again. Well, he, you'd get tired of that, right? 
You know, you'd get tired if the only time anybody ever wants to talk to you <laughs> is when they need help, when they're desperate. And any other time, they got no time for you, they don't care about you, they don't care about what you think or want. You'd get tired of that. Well, God said, well, why don't you go call on your new gods? But they repented, and he had mercy on them. And the way he did it, and the way he always does it, is he sent a deliverer. And on this occasion, it was this man that we read about in Hebrews 11, Jephthah. If you'll skip on down to verse uh, uh, ele chapter 11, chapter 11 here we see that uh, Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor. And he was the son of an harlot. And Gilead beget Jephthah. So uh, there's not a lot of detail given on this man, so we need to take each one of these phrases and, and, and consider it. It starts off by saying he was a mighty man of valor. But you'll see that he did not have a good pedigree. <laughs> he, why do you say that? Well, keep reading. Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah. And they said to him, You shall not inherit in our father's house, for you are the son of a strange woman. And we know already from verse 1, she was... Uh, a prostitute. And uh, Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob, and there were gathered vain men to Jephthah and went out with him. So this is how Jephthah got his start. He was rejected. Rejected. Because of who his mother was. Uh, his father had a uh, a wife, and who bore him sons, and for whatever happened, on some time, got involved with this prostitute, and uh, she became pregnant, and that's how Jephthah came into the world. But when he was older, the other children, you know, you might say legitimate children, they're calling him illegitimate, they said, you, you're not going to inherit any of our father's stuff, and and you don't have any place around here. And so they ran him off. And he had to leave. Now, why is he in the Bible? <laughs> Let, let's just pause for a minute. Uh, any of these other sons of Gilead, do they have their own verse in Hebrews 11? Mm. But Jephthah does. The outcast. The reject. This is so important because um, things don't have to have been perfect in your life for you to be a man or woman of strong faith. Hmm? Things, you know, you don't have to have had advantages and connections in order for you to do an exploit of great faith and see great miracles in your life. And... You don't find faith necessarily where you think you would. You know, uh, when Jesus walked the earth, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you read about, he didn't find 
great faith in the Jewish leaders of the synagogue. And, and most of the people who were called doctors of the law, now when we hear doctors of the law, that might not, he's talking about theologians. He's talking about people that make a lifetime profession of studying what they had was the law and the Psalms and the prophets. Um, this is their life, is studying the word. And the vast majority of them rejected Jesus. They rejected him. They didn't have faith. And he found people. You remember the, the, the woman that came to the house that uh, cried and, and washed his feet with her tears. And, 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 and the man that was sitting there at the table, he said, if he knew what kind of woman this was, he wouldn't let her keep touching his feet. So apparently she uh, didn't have a good reputation prior to this, but she's here moved to her core because she loves the Lord because she's been, and he said, to whom much is forgiven, you know, they love much. She has been forgiven. She has been cleansed and washed. And here is the self-righteous guy sitting up there thinking he's so holy and he's not and faithless. So you don't, you don't find faith necessarily at some church houses. <laughs> you see that. You should. But faith is not intellectual. Faith is, is not of the head. It's of the heart. And it's a choice. A choice to believe. A choice to trust. A choice to be courageous and step out and act. And that's something that Jephthah had. Well, you know, you, uh, when you kick to the curb, and he probably wasn't that old when they kicked him out. He's probably a teenager, maybe early teens, and if that. When you're kicked to the curb, told your own family says, nobody wants you around here. You got no inheritance with us ever. And you got to make your own way in the world. You can either lay down and quit, or you can find some courage. He found some courage, and even in his outcast situation, people found him and followed him. Can you see that? There, there were graces in him to be a leader. There was something about him that people wanted to follow. And this was a group of, uh, I don't know, you might call them, well, actually, one translation says rowdies. <laughs> <laughs> rowdies and, and one said uh, good for nothings <laughs> so this was a pretty rough crew but they found him and he found them and next thing you know they're a cohesive unit they can fight they can defend they can do things and so well, I tell you, before I, before I go further, go to 1 Corinthians. Hold your place here and go to 1 Corinthians verse chapter 1 and verse 27. Let's read this. Jephthah, son of a harlot. That's how the scriptures introduce us to him. 
1 Corinthians 1.27 says, But God has chosen the what? Foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. Now let's just stop right here. Don't, don't read over this too quick. If you've ever felt like, man, I just feel dumb. I just feel foolish. Then praise God. You are what God is looking for. If you said, I am just so weak. Man, I got nothing going for me. Praise God. You are what God is looking for. The weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And base things. Well, base is the bottom, not the top. The bottom, base things of the world, and things which are what? Despised. See, that's what Jephthah was. He was despised. Now, it's tough. Despised by your own brothers and sisters. Despised, obviously, by what would have been his stepmother. Who knows where his mother is? Maybe, he didn't, maybe he's got no idea. And his dad either didn't say anything are joined in with despising and kicked out, rejected. But God uses just those kind of people and situations. That's just the kind He uses. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> now you may say, well, no, I'm, I'm of impeccable breeding. Well... <laughs> Maybe so, maybe not. <laughs> like Brother Hagin said, uh, my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, he said some people so proud of their family tree, maybe, maybe never did produce anything but a bunch of nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Our lineage is easy to keep track of these days. I am born of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's mind, no matter where you came from, what background, I, if you've been born again, come on, sit out loud, class. I am born of God. What does that mean? God's my father? Whew, you said something when you said that. The creator of the heavens and the earth is your father? God's my father? And Jesus, the head of the church, is my brother. Whew, that makes you somebody. Before you ever do anything, that makes you somebody because you have been chosen. And the highest price that has ever been paid for anything in the universe, God paid for us. He paid the blood of His Son to buy us and purchase us. And anytime the enemy tries to tell you you're not worth much, then you just interrupt him and ask him, then how come? God paid so much, <laughs> right? It's a lie. We're the apple of His eye. We're the most precious thing. This planet is going away. The atmosphere and the heavens around it is going away, but not us. God has purchased us. We are redeemed. Oh, somebody say, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. He said, in the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. See, that's the problem. If you think 
you've got such great breeding and such great education and you've got such, you know, you, you, you can uh, try to credit uh, your accomplishments to that. But when people look at you and go, uh, when something great happened and they go, that had to be God because <laughs> they, I know them and they're not that smart and they, they're not that able. Well, what's wrong with that? God gets the glory. God is seen. God is acknowledged. And so God does these kind of things on purpose. You'll see, we're about to read there in Judges, his people are in a terrible way. They need a deliverer in the worst way. And there's all kind of people. You, they got all these, you could call them, you know, leadership, royal families almost at the top of these tribes and what have you. But he reaches over way over here and gets this reject guy. <laughs> Come on, can you see this? This outcast. His own family didn't even want him. And gets him and uses, he takes him, takes him all the way from obscurity to the top of the country and uses him to deliver the whole thing. And that also helps people to see that must have been God, right? Because none of us would have thought of that. Go back to Judges and look then. He went on to say in that verse we didn't finish reading, he said, He that glories, let him glory in the Lord. 1 Corinthians says. That, that's as opposed to glory and in yourself. Go back to Judges 10. Excuse me, 11 now. Judges 11. Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor. He was the son of an harlot. Gilead beget Jephthah. But his wife bore him other sons. And they grew up and thrust out Jephthah. They said, you shall not inherit in our father's house. You're the son of a strange woman. And Jephthah fled from his brethren. And dwelt in the land of Tob. So he left his people, he left his country, everything he'd ever known. And there gathered vain men to Jephthah. There was something about him that just drew people to him and they would follow him. It came to pass in the process of time the children of Ammon made war against Israel, verse 4. Verse 5, it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. Huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> when the Ammonites showed up and everybody was scared out of their, you know, wits, the conclusion was, we need Jephthah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and they came to Jephthah and they said, come be our captain that we may fight with the children of Ammon. And Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, did not you hate me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are you come to me now when you're in distress? Oh, Yeah. You need my help now because nobody will stand up and fight these guys. See, it's amazing. Out of all these so-called royalty and descendants of leaders, there wasn't courage enough in any of them to stand up and lead and face. You don't always find faith where you think you would find faith. But here they knew they had to go find this guy that everybody had run away because he didn't have the pedigree, but he had the faith. He had the courage. He had the confidence. Hallelujah. And how many believe God has found some faith in you? Huh? People might not, you might not have been their first choice, but you're God's choice. Come on and say, I'm God's choice. I have faith and my faith works. Hallelujah. 
And we're out of time again. Uh, join us again tomorrow for Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.